It's Sunday, April 1st, and you are listening to In the Wheelhouse. ITW is a weekly baseball podcast covering the Chicago Cubs and other ancillary subjects. I'm Leo Fontana. And I'm Tom Hockney, and today on ITW, the Major League Baseball 2018 season opens with a half wrap in Miami. We follow the Cubs' progress through... Three games. We uh, discuss the enigma that is Kyle Schwarber. And finally, the magical run by Loyola comes to an end as the evil empire, uh, University of Michigan, advances to the title game to face Villanova. Leo, how you doing? Good, man. How are you? Tom, I've been on vacation. Uh, we were gone for a week, and, and everywhere I, met, I went, all over the South, from here to South Carolina, I would meet people from Chicago. So my question to you is, was anybody here? Uh, it, well, so I've lived in this town for quite a few years now, and this is one of my favorite times of the year when everybody is gone. <laughs> I don't know if you ever saw that Twilight Zone episode where the guy wakes up and there's no one left in his town. That It was kind of like that, but it's glorious from a, you know, a, tra- a driving standpoint and almost everything else. It's, it's, so while you had a great time, us remaining stragglers had a better time. Well, that's good. And, you know, I want to thank you for taking care of the place while, I, while we were gone. <laughs> Uh, we, we drove, we basically, we drove to Bowling Green, Kentucky. We saw Mammoth Cave, which I highly recommend. Mammoth Cave was wonderful. I got to talk to some of the docents, you know, the, the park rangers. Yeah. This one, this one woman, and this was incredible. She was descended from people who had lived on the land that became uh, Mammoth Cave National Park. And they were displaced when it became a national park. And so she was talking about how, her great grandfather told her the story about how, you know, the family was pushed off the land and how special it is that she can be here and talk to people about it and that she has that connection. That was incredible. Yeah. And then, and then we went to the Hillbilly Vegas. We went to uh, Gatlinburg, Tennessee, which is a bizarre place. <laughs> Correct. It is, it is like Vegas in, in like an Alpine village. And it's just bizarre. Well, kid, well, you have to you, you you have to love the motto of the town, which is "Get in the truck, sis." <laughs> but I got to tell you, I, I, it is it is a really fun place if you have kids under the age of fifteen. Right, you know, they just were out of their little minds. And then from there, we drove down to Myrtle Beach, chasing the spring. We found it in Myrtle Beach. The weather was beautiful. And uh, then we made a hard, hard slog back to Chicago. I got a speeding ticket in Kentucky, which really pissed me off. But we could go on ad nauseum about my vacation, and I will <laughs> at a later date. But, but we need to talk about some of the things that uh, really bring us here every week. And that is the fact that the 2018 Major League season has begun. Yay. And uh, it's time to start talking about what uh, our impressions are. I think the Cubs have three games in the books. Most teams have two or three games played. Right. Um, you know, the Yankees look fantastic. Do you think they're going to break the uh, the Mariners' home run record for a single season? No, I don't. No, I don't. Um, and, I, and, I, and the reason why I think that is that um, I just have a funny feeling that all – and really it's three guys now. You're not talking about just uh, Stanton and Judge. You have to put that catcher Sanchez in yes, there as well. Yes, you do. And so – I just ha- I struggle because of those three guys and their past 
uh, regarding injuries, and, and particularly Stanton. Stanton has, ne- has been healthy for a full season, I think, once in his career. So, you know, it's a little, it's a little ding-dong things that, that occur. I also think that Judge potentially could be a victim of the uh, sophomore slump. But uh, Sanchez is for real, that's for sure. So, yeah, no, Sanchez may be the best player, the best hitter, of all three. And yes. you're, you're right about Stanton, although Stanton, I think it's a little bit of a, the benefit of the doubt because he was hit in the face with a fastball. So you well, know, he should have paid attention in baseball school. He should have. He should have. But uh, the Tigers, I wanted to say to you, yeah. that they kind of got hosed yeah. in the season opener when the winning run in the ninth inning was, uh, was disallowed and, right. uh, because they reviewed it and they decided that uh, the runner, I think it was Castellanos, had been tagged and uh, he was pissed. And I yeah. think I would have been too. Yeah, I watched. I watched the game and in between naps. Uh, and the fact is, is that the, when I my first nap, the Tigers had like a four run lead and they allowed uh, the Pirates back into the game. But what was incredible is that the Tigers, I I believe, scored like five runs in the, in that last inning yeah. to 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 tie it and to take it to extra. So, uh, but in in my personal view after seeing it from 15 different angles is that uh, Nick, Nick Castellanos was out uh, and it was really close, but I thought that he was out. And then ultimately um, Polanco hit a three run homer for the pirates, I think in the 13th to win it for them. So a frustrating uh, first game for the, for Detroit and Pittsburgh. The interesting thing is that's the only game that those two teams have played because they've rained out the two other, two yeah. other days. So they're playing a weird um, day night double header today which is great for the tigers because they're at home on monday it's not so great for the bucks no. who uh have a 12 o'clock game on monday at home so yeah it's going to be a, a brutal uh, red eye for them tonight at least you know at least they're not too far away detroit isn't that far from from uh pittsburgh so you know they could probably even take the bus which might even be worse but you know all right so uh the brewers uh behind the cheating Ryan Braun came back to defeat the Padres eight to six. They scored five runs in the ninth. Yeah, that was a spectacular. I watched part of that game as well. That was a spectacular job by uh, Braun, who he really, he really crushed the ball. Um, and uh, it's very unusual that you see kind of a three-run homer like that, uh, even though that they were a away team. Otherwise, it would have been obviously a walk-off. But uh, the, the reason why this is important for us to note is because the Brewers haven't lost a game yet. And granted, they've only been playing the Padres. But they, you know, a lot of times you can see things in the very beginning of a season that are indicators for the whole season, such as the Cardinals really are not playing all that well. And they, didn't no, play, not. they did not play all that well last year to start the season. And if you remember, the Brew Crew were, were pretty tough to start the season, kind of like Cincinnati was last year. Cincinnati came out of the gate like Secretariat. Um, but uh, And then they finished the season like Beetlebaum. Uh, but yeah. I, I think that, uh, you know, you got to keep your eyes on, on, on the Brewers. Last night, Yelich was five for five. That's one of their new acquisitions. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot going on in baseball. It's great to see it back. Uh, it, it, you know, I can, I can live again, you know. Base, yeah. You know, I, I'm my happiest as a human being during the baseball season. And, and there's, there's something great about the very beginning of the season as well. You're, you're right, and we do, I think, as fans have a tendency to overemphasize the importance of these first few games, but I mean, that's only because we've just been sitting still for an entire winter, and we really just want something to react to, something to think about, 
And, you know, for example, like the Chicago White Sox are 2-0. And, right. And, and what you're saying, you know, like a lot of these teams, we're not expecting them to contend. Right. The, play, the players on these teams don't feel that way. And if they come out playing well and they win ball games, then they're going to start believing. And then their fans are going to start believing. And then suddenly it's a runaway train. So I was really happy to see the White Sox get off to such a, a good start. This guy, Matt Davidson, has hit like four home runs in two games. He's been crazy good. Right, you know? right. And uh, it's just exciting to see the Chicago White Sox, who I think no one was expecting to do well. And they still may not do well. I mean, who knows? But uh, but it, it, it's good for everybody when these teams succeed. You know? Well, you know, if you, the thing about the White Sox that they can't escape is the fact that, uh, you know, there's five teams that are at the bottom of, of the of the pitching ERA race right now, uh, Kansas city is the worst Colorado, Detroit and Pittsburgh, but then the white Sox with a, a solid six ERA, that's not going to get you. And that's, the that's their starters from last year. Was there, was their combined ERA? And that's no, 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 no. That's for the, that's this year. That's this year. Well, small sample size, small sample size, but I'm saying like their hitting is very, very like their second, they have the second best batting average in the majors at 359, yeah. but their, their ERA is, is what's going to keep them, to me, they're going to be one of the worst teams in the majors this year. Them, Detroit, you know, Pittsburgh is not going to be so good. The point is, all of these teams that are at the bottom of this list are the teams that I project to, with the exception of Colorado. Colorado, that's inexplicable. I mean, their ERA is nine five six. That's that's outrageous. So <clears throat> now uh, Ichiro also made a great oh, catch yeah. the other day. This was tremendous to save a game. It was last, the last night. out, yeah, yeah, le- yeah. So, well, it was it was uh, in the third inning, and uh, oh, and Cle- Cleveland Cleveland's uh, Jose Ramirez. Um, you know, it, the point is most in 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 being fair, most outfielders would have caught it, but it's just beautiful to see a near forty five year old first ballot Hall of Famer leap off of his feet and and basically take that ball out of the stands, which. Uh, is one of my favorite things to watch in baseball. It, it may be the finest thing to watch outside of a, of a, a mammoth home run is, is when you see someone take a ball out, out, of, out of the home, home run area. All right. Well, we've, it's, it's time, you know, we've gotten through the appetizer, you know, yeah. it's, it's, it's time to get through the, to the dark meat. That's and right. uh, let's talk about the Chicago Cubs who are two and one after right. beating the Marlins twice. And I guess two and one is not as good as three and oh, but it's certainly better than one and two or oh and three. And uh, there were a lot of things in these games that really encouraged me. And there are a lot of things in these games that kind of disturbed me. Me too. And, yeah. So let's talk a little bit about it. Uh, let's begin at the beginning. And Ian Happ takes the first pitch that anyone sees in Major League Baseball this season and promptly crushes a home run. Yes, that was did. great. And that was the first time that happened since Dwight Evans did it in 1986 for the Red Sox, who went on to the World Series and lost to the Mets in seven games. And you had the famous game six, the Bill Buckner play. But I don't yeah. know if one portends the other, but it's certainly worth talking about. Well, Evans also hit that home run off of future Hall of Famer Jack Morris in Detroit. Um, and uh, they actually showed a clip of it on television, and it was beautiful to see old Tiger Stadium again. But uh, oh, yeah. Dwight, Dwight Evans is a, is a guy that we should maybe talk about in the future because he's he had a near Hall of Fame career. He was he one did. of the greatest defensive uh, outfielders I've ever seen in my life, and I've seen a lot of great ones, but he was right up there. No, um, he, he, yeah. 
But anyways, yeah, so the, the, the season started off very well for the Cubs, even though I do think they're a very fragile two-in-one team because beating Miami, um, you know, just barely in two games that went to extra innings is not anything to be proud of. They, they will be the doormat of the National League. So Well, maybe, maybe they're playing with a little bit of a chip. You know, that guy Dietrich hit a home run last night. He yep. looks like he could be good. They have Starlin Castro. I mean, they're probably going to be playing with a little bit of a chip. And, uh, you know, maybe we're not as bad as everybody says we are. Hopefully they can get some fans in that stadium. My God. But uh, but let's talk about the things that upset us a little bit. And the first well, but, one was John Lester yep. did not pitch very well. No, he and, did not. That bummed me out. You know, uh, they, the game was right there for him to win. All he had to do was throw strikes and stay in the game. But uh, he could not do it. And that's a bummer. Yeah, you know, and he was very frustrated in watching the game. I, I don't know whether you were on the road or whether you got to see the, at the beginning of the game live as it was played, but he was very frustrated with that umpire who I would say had a bad day, that umpire. That umpire, in, in all fairness, he had, he had some wacky strikes that he called as balls and vice versa. And I thought that, you know, Lester had a, had a, a, a pretty decent beef by about the, by the third inning where he was kind of shaking his head. He, he located a couple of really good pitches. So, so yes, Lester got roughed up. That's somewhat to be expected by veteran pitchers at the beginning of the season. The hitters definitely still have an advantage until, you know, you get towards the end of May and then pitching starts to take over. Um, and so I'm not all that concerned about Lester because his location was so good in my mind. Um, and, you know, he, he, he just he, he had some bad luck. And again, it was the very first game of the season. And also he was buoyed by, you know, great uh, run support, even though he didn't get a decision. You know, it, it, he's he's the kind of guy Lester has to get that call on the outside corner. And if he doesn't get it, he's not going to be successful. And right now, I mean, it's a trend. The trend as a league is not to have a strike zone that goes you know, side to side on the corners, but it's more of an up and down. That's league. right. And you're seeing the high strike called more. If he, he's got to maybe learn how to pitch upstairs a little bit, that could be good. It could be bad. Right. Say. Dr- dramatic home run by Anthony Rizzo playing in his hometown. Uh, Stoneman Douglas high school, where he went is right up the road where 17 students were killed or 17 people were killed. So, I mean, he, really was playing with a heavy heart and it was a yes. dramatic home run he hits early in that game you know and i think i thought baseball did a really good job of of uh acknowledging the fact that that the games were going to be played so close to that high school i know that the, the some of the stuff that's been going on has been highly politicized i don't really want to talk about that but i thought it was really kind of cool that baseball put those emblems on the jerseys and they just made it a focus you know, baseball, because of the length of the season, has the ability to acknowledge current events, maybe more so than any other sport. You know, yeah. you think about yeah. it. You don't, you don't see logos on, certainly not in the NFL, unless it's the owner or something like that. And you definitely don't see it in, in, uh, in uh, hockey or basketball. However, it is important to note that last night in Las Vegas, the Las Vegas um, ha- uh, NHL team, um, Golden Knights or whatever they're called, they retired the number 58, and that's the amount of people that were killed in the Vegas massacre. So, you know, I think sports are becoming a little bit more enlightened, but I think it was really great what baseball did and certainly what Rizzo did because, you, as you can see, Rizzo has obviously been emotionally impacted by that. And I think, really, you know, his home run um, was shadowed to a certain degree by Schwarber's home run. <laughs> 
Um, yeah. And Schwarber's day, by the way. And that's one of the things that I wanted to talk about. I mean, I, as you know, as I was texting you as it was going on, I was I was beyond frustrated with Schwarber's defensive play. I mean, I, I just, as my brother says, he needs to be a DH. That's the bottom line. And that's where he's going to be. That's what I think will ultimately happen. Whether it's this year or then two or three years, he will be an American League player. You can, you can, book, you can book that because he, he looks – he, he looks like like uh, like Marty Allen, the comedian Marty Allen out there in left field. And that's that's not a compliment. No, it's not. And I think he, you have every right to criticize him. But um, he made two errors in that initial game. The first one I can sort of excuse, but it was Me too. the second one. Well, right. The second one when he overran that ball and played it into a triple, that Correct. was terrible. And, uh, you know, hopefully – We'll see more home runs than errors, but uh, but it's certainly something to be concerned about. I think that he has a chance to be maybe an adequate left fielder. I've certainly seen worse left fielders like Alfonso Soriano, who right. used to hop they, as soon as he'd catch a fly ball, which was right. the stupidest thing I ever saw. Correct. And um, you know, so he'll he'll definitely be able to help the club in terms of his hitting. So, you know, we'll have to learn to live with it, I think, to a certain extent. And he did hit. I mean, he hit a home run, uh, I guess it was uh, Thursday, and then he yep. crushed one. My God, right. he a towering home run. Right. So, <laughs> he's back. It looks like he's back to being the hitter that we all expected him to be last year. Uh, so. Yeah, the only thing that I would add is that uh, all of his hits are extra bases, and it seems like it's kind of a, you know, a, a, when he does – make contact it's he's going to it, he, I, I believe he may hit 35 home runs this year but I also think he might bat 265 well uh, I mean but that's it. okay if he bats no, it 260 is. it, it yeah. is agree and, and, and his on base percentage is high I, I, I think he's right he's right on top of it he's so locked in at least right now I think it's very very encouraging and another thing that really encouraged me was uh, the pitching performance of one Steve Sishik Yep. You know, he, the way his stuff, I love it. it, it Me too. Duck, it ducks and dives. He doesn't over, overpower you with, with fastballs, but he throws these little sliders and cutters, and you never know as a hitter what it's going to do, and you just never make good contact. I love it. It's great. I, I think the other thing to add about Sischeck, which is, is huge, is that he brings and he will bring in games such a different dimension that I think it's going to cause problems for opposing hitters because you see the traditional arm slot pitchers um, on the Cubs and all every other major league team. And I think with Sischak, you see a different kind of arm slot with uh, uh, the ball exiting. And, and I think you get into the seventh, eighth inning, which is where he needs to be pitching, not in the fourth or the fifth inning. Um, yeah. I think he's going to be a really great setup man for Morrow. Um, uh, I want to talk about a couple of the other pitchers, but I'll, I'll wait till we talk to get to game three. Uh, you know, you, you mentioned that, uh, uh, Tommy LaStella is his weapon off the bench. Tommy LaStella, if I'm going to just say, I'm going to be, I'm going to go out there right now. Ian Happ hit a monster home run to open up the season. That's his only seat hit that he's had. Uh, he's one for 13. I know it's too early, but if Happ doesn't get it together, I think LaStella would be a guy you want to look at from a leadoff hitting 
position because he's a guy that could be a good leadoff hitter. And the reason is, is that his on-base percentage is so high versus half, which is 143 right now. Not so good. You cannot, so good. you cannot strike out eight times in 13 at bats and, and, and stay at the top of the lineup, in my opinion. However, the Cubs are two and one. They, they have the luxury of kind of hoping Hap kind of gets out of this little funk that he's in. Right, they can sort of figure it out with him. And, uh, and, and again, I mean, Listella, I love the way he approaches every at-bat. He is such a solid hitter in that regard. And, and it's valuable that the Cubs have a guy like that who can come in in a critical situation. Um, I wanted to talk about, well, just the bullpen in general, mm-hmm. I thought pitched really, really well. And this is all three games. You know, Edwards, uh, Sishek, Dunsing, Wilson pitched very well. Strope, even Montgomery, they all really were effective. I, I was extremely impressed. Well, everyone you know? was effective except for Edwards. Edwards has gotten roughed up, and, and he certainly – his ERA is, is god-awful. That's a guy that you got to keep an eye on because if he can't get the ball over the – Edwards' issue is, is control. It, he yeah. walks too many hitters, and, that, and that's kind of showed up. Um, uh, in this in this particular game, but uh, uh, and if he doesn't if if he doesn't solve that, he will not be the closer. But uh, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, it's just been it's been interesting to see like a guy like Wilson who didn't pitch well at all last year. No, and you'll notice what he does is his metier is that he pitches up and into right-handers, and if he can consistently do that, he'll be very effective. So uh, that's a big agreed. weapon too. Agreed. And, you know, you, ref- you reference Javi Baez, who uh, oh. struggled out of the gate last year. This year he's struggling a little bit, but here's what I'm really encouraged about, where I think Chili Davis is having a positive effect on him. He is only one for 11, but he's only struck out three times. And that's a that's a yeah. big that's yeah. a, that, that I'm telling you that's a big indicator for Javi because uh, you know Javi's all about uh, making contact and I think it's just a matter of time for him so I'm less worried about uh, Baez than I am with Hap quite frankly who tore the cover off the ball in the in spring training and I've seen this happen so yeah, many was... times in baseball where. Guys are either terrible in spring training and then light it up right away, particularly with veterans who basically don't show up for spring training. And then all of a sudden the season starts and they're on fire um, and then vice versa. And, and hopefully half today is able to, you know, to kind of have a, a little bit of a better day because they cannot afford to, to keep basically half stats are like Schwarber stats were at the beginning of last year. And you can't keep that in my opinion, at the leadoff spot, you can move them in the eight hole, but not, not in the, the one hole. So, well, let's move on to game two. Yeah, let's, yeah. Well, that was a long talk about game. Well, game two drove me crazy because it's it's seventeen innings, and I was I was watching, uh, I was keeping up via the GameCast on the ML or on ESPN.com. Right. And it, at one point, the Cubs had sixteen consecutive Cubs hitters were retired, and that was just I, that was terrible. I was going crazy watching this or keeping up with this thing online and then to lose it in the 17th. But I will say that the really good thing about the game, there were two great things. One is Hendricks pitched great. And the other is Eddie Butler pitched great. So, you know, he solidified a role on this team. Well, if you think about it, Butler's actually pitched the longest of any pitcher. Uh, He went seven innings in that game um, and and through 90 pitches. Obviously he's not going to be available for a few more days. He struck out five. Uh, allowing four hits and you know he matched Hendricks every step of the way you know they both had five strikeouts they both threw 90 pitches Um, so that's really encouraging 
Um, yeah. And then it, even in that game, even though Edwards only pitched one inning and he walked two, but he did strike out two, which is good. I just think with Carl, you just have to get that ball over the plate. And if you do, then I think the Cubs bullpen has a chance to be special versus last year where they were not special at all. They were special in a short bus kind of way, not, uh, you know, not in the good way. So um, no, they, yeah. that was that was encouraging the the but. In that game, I think, as you reference in the show notes, you have to be a little bit concerned with the lack of hitting. The, the, the Cubs' bats were absolutely cold, so much so that, you know, as I was doing research for today's show, I found that the Cubs lead the major leagues with 41 strikeouts for their hitters. And, that, and that's, <laughs> that, that's like 15 more than any other team. And so the good news is they're second in drawing walks, on, and with, not including uh, intentional walks, but just regular walks. They have 14 for the season, or at least going into yesterday's game. Uh, but but the, the amount of strikeouts has got to be concerning. And so I don't know whether that's a byproduct of Chili Davis's um, you know, free swinging uh, approach to, to be our our new hitting coach, but I do think that that's it's definitely a concern because again, we're playing Miami. This is not Washington or the Dodgers. We have to get better. <laughs> I know, and 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 that's true. You're right. It, it it's a big big concern, and we wanted we heard that the Cubs, and we always hear this every year that situational hitting is what we you know need to address. Well, in that loss to Miami, they didn't, they were not, the situation was they needed to get hitters on base. And Correct. They doing it. Correct. And that was pissing me off. So, but another thing, and let's move on to game three, because game two, I mean, it's 17 innings of just, right. it was a snooze fest. Yep. But, uh, but, but the third game was a little bit better because it was Darvish's first outing yep. of the yep. year. That was very, inc- I thought he looked really good for five innings. He got a little unlucky towards the end, you know, and he allowed the score to be tied at five, but I can kind of forgive him for that. A lot of lucky hits, sort of flares dropped in. But uh, the other thing that's really, really firing me up is Jason Hayward yes. is a productive hitter. Yep, yep, you know? yep. You, you, Hayward's kind of rebounded, which is great. He needs to be a good start. Just one last thing about uh, uh, you, Darvish, is, is that yes. – uh, he took a ball off the chin, uh, or off the shin, I should say, in the, uh, I think it was the third inning or the fourth inning. And yeah, just the ball just hit the, the mound. And just the way he looked like nothing ever happened. I, I love yeah. it when, particularly pitchers, who are some of the most fragile athletes on the planet, you know, they get a hangnail and they're out for two weeks crying about it. He just has this look about him that I also appreciated in Ariata, quite frankly, which is, you know, you're not you're yeah. not phasing me and I'm not coming out of the game. He kept, you know, he, by the way, you has done a, a great job over the last two years with his English from what I've read. And so you could read his lips. He's like, I'm, I'm fine. I'm not coming out. I'm, I'm, and I and, yeah. and I really appreciate that kind of, uh, you know, uh, uh, mentality and, and attitude, because, quite frankly, we're going to need it this year. And so I just thought. Again, I'll keep saying this. When you have elite pitchers, and he was definitely one, they talked about it in the game. He's got seven different pitches. There's not a pitch he cannot throw um, at any given time. And his location was really good. I just think it's just, you know, opening days, some pitchers are dominant to start the season, some are not. And that it's no reflection, just like with Lester in game one. I don't think it means much of anything. And, and fortunately, the Cubs were able to win. And if this was midseason, I would expect that, that you would have pitched another couple of innings after that. So, um, it, you know, that that was 
an interesting thing about that. But to me, the story of the game was was Kyle Schwarber hit a a, a, a Babe Ruthian home run, uh, almost knocked that seat out in that upper deck. I mean that but that ball what was hit hard and um, yeah. and that's you know that's what Kyle Schwarber brings to the to the party if if we were an American League team I would be completely happy with with his position as the DH on the team unfortunately we're not and so hopefully he gets better but I think that in the case of Schwarber playing left that they must have an Elmora or a speedster in center to back him up because remember that ball that in that game one that went that went through his legs that could have been an inside the park home run if it wasn't for the fact yeah. that that he was backed up pretty well and plus there was men on base so that kind of slowed things down but I just think that uh, you know Schwarber is just an enigma to me and and I just I I I, I love the guy I love the spirit I'll never forget that home run in the playoffs in 2015 that stayed up on top of the stadium I mean it's, <laughs> he's already building you know a, a book of of a career that 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 is beats most players just <clears throat> because of how uh, dramatic that he can be. I just think <clears throat> for a guy that is looks as good as he does, he's lost all this weight. He's really got to, you know, he's, he's got to get better uh, at, at right field. If I was him, I'd be practicing the outfield seven, eight hours a day. I mean, I, I don't yeah. understand, you know, if you remember back when, uh, what's his name, uh, our great second baseman, uh, Ryan Sandberg, Sandberg used to, to go to the stadium at eight o'clock in the morning for night games. You know, so there's so Schwarber, what are you doing? What are you doing when you're not playing baseball? Because you should be practicing. That's all I have to say about well, that. Well, I think, I think again, it goes back to how I think they use him on defense. I don't, I, I'm always, and I've said this before, why do they not let him play his best defensive position? But anyway, um, all right. So three games are in the right. book, and it's time to sort of talk about, uh, I think uh, we'll move on from baseball. Yep. And I think we need to talk a little bit about the Loyal Ramblers. Yep. Cinderella, it struck midnight. Uh, the, the, the carriage turned into a pumpkin. And Loyola finally was eliminated from the NCAA tournament in the semifinal game. I think it was an incredible run. Yep. I think if they would have won it all, you would put this up there in terms of improbability right next to the U.S. men's hockey Correct. team beating no the doubt. Russians. No you know, doubt. You know. It was an incredible run, certainly one of the greatest college sports stories in the history of Chicago, and uh, it was a great time for me and uh, the whole city. How about yeah, you? I, I, so I, I completely agree. You know, I, in, in the case of uh, honest disclosure here, uh, I'm from Michigan, but I despise the Mich- University of Michigan because I'm a Notre Dame fan. And, when, ah. and there's a saying in Notre Dame is that, it, you you root every week for Notre Dame and for whoever is playing Michigan. That yeah. that and, and so when I, I I personally and again I know when we have some Detroit uh, folks that listen to this show they're going to be shaking their heads. But I, I, I not only do I think Villanova is going to crush Michigan because they're so they're, I, I think they would have crushed either team quite frankly. That's yeah, how, no, that's Villanova's... how strong they are. But yeah. Michigan is led by uh, this this guy from from Germany. I think his last name is Himmler. Uh, yeah. He's a center. Uh, <laughs> Wagner. Yeah. You see his parents? His parents yeah. came in? Wagner. And, and oh, by the way, yeah. uh, Wagner was Hitler's favorite center. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, but, uh, yeah, yeah, you're right. right. It, it, but, but Sister Jean, the, you know, the whole – the city was – uh, lit up with the Loyola colors yesterday. It was really kind of cool. It's kind of, I, I agree with you. I do think it's, it's, it's a, 
uh, collegiate, a local Chicago sports story that they'll be talking about long after mm-hmm. we're dead. So um, uh, they had a tremendous run. And quite frankly, they have no one to blame but themselves because they had a seven or eight point lead with about 10 minutes left. I, I just yeah. I, I still don't understand what happened. It's just they throughout the whole um, series. And I've, I've told you this uh, when we talked about this last, these guys that try to live and die by this three point shot. I mean, I just think that the, the shooting percentages were God awful for both teams. That's why they I think were Villanova is going to kill, kill Michigan. I think. Well, Villanova is certainly strong everywhere, you know, in every facet of the game and they do look like the best team, but uh, we've sort of come to the end of things. Have we not Tom? It's always been Correct. a great uh, conversation. The, this one was certainly no different. Uh, I want to remind everybody that in the wheelhouse is now on iTunes. So if you have an Apple phone, just tell Siri to play the podcast in the wheelhouse. And uh, also Tom and I, we really want to know what you think. So send any questions or comments or marriage proposals to Tom. <laughs> no, to... no, no. <laughs> you are in the wheelhouse at gmail.com. All right, Tom, have a good one. You do the same. All right, bye.